Hello, Christian Cunningham here at All Founders, and today we have what we call a tea break podcast, and we are here with Laura Racky. How are you today, Laura? I'm great. Enjoying my tea and iced vovos. What's an iced vovo? <laughs> well, come on. <laughs> Seriously, what's <laughs> a, Anyway, another day. I don't know what an iced vovo is, but I'm sure it's something that I should know. Um, Today we are doing what we call a tea break podcast. I don't know why we're calling it a tea break podcast. Do people actually have tea breaks anymore? Sometimes. Yeah? Mm. When's the last time you had a cup of tea? 15 years ago, I reckon. It's all coffee. I don't think I've ever had a cup of tea. But anyway, we'll call it a tea break podcast. The reason we call it that is we think that um, sometimes you need 10 minutes or you've only got 10 minutes to step out and take a break. And we thought we'd put a little bit of info into a little podcast that you could listen to in that break. Does that sound about right? Sounds good. Now, I don't actually know what we're talking about today. You haven't uh, informed me of the uh, wonderful idea you had in mind. So what are we talking about? I've decided that you need to spend some time elaborating on a concept that you raise and use often. You like sprinkling it into conversations. <laughs> I think it's a great concept. What concept is that? <laughs> but it's often not explained by you in great detail. But, you know, just don't have time. That sounds like that, yes. Um, and I think it's a great concept, it's a great idea, it gets you thinking, and that concept is the great old barbecue story. The barbecue story. The barbecue story. So you use the concept often, you raise it, we talk about it, we know what it means between us, um, but I think we should have um, use this opportunity to elaborate on it, and it might start um, exposing some other questions and thing, topics and things for barbecue us to talk story. about. Okay. Mm. So I guess you would like me to define the barbecue story. Barbecue story is something I do use often, you're absolutely right. I wouldn't say I sprinkle it in, but that's good enough. We'll go with that. So when I do work with uh, engagement, retention of staff within companies, um, on doing sessions with owners and leaders of teams, one of the things I sort of start with generally is saying, what do you think your barbecue story would be? Now that is usually met with a blank expression, what are you talking about barbecue story? So I say, if your team members or staff in your business went to a barbecue this weekend and someone asked them, where do you work, what do you do, what would their answer be, is my basic starting position. Does that make sense so far? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So there's really two avenues, or there's multiple avenues, but two that we'd really canvas. One is that they say, I work at ABC uh, company and we make widgets and it's a great company to work for, it's okay, and you know, um, what do you do? And that's their answer, closed door. Option two is they say, I work at ABC company and we actually, we make widgets. In fact, we just made new ones for the local sports team and we did this charity work and gave them this and we, I love going to work and we have, it's really flexible and I've got a great manager and I've had two promotions in the last three years and I really love working there. The difference is obviously quite stark. Um, and I think when you apply the, the barbecue story and sort of overlay that over your team and estimate what your staff would say in that, uh, in that scenario, it gives you a good insight as to the health of your culture within your business. So basically you're saying, have you got an excited, engaged employee yes. in their job and actually just about the, what your business does generally, or have you got a disengaged, disinterested you know, um, employer who's... I suppose not that proud of where they work. Yes, and that is exactly the difference. Now, where the challenge lies to that is, are you aware? First thing, are you aware of the of the cultural strength within your business? But then the second part is, what are you doing about it? And so there's 
there's, there's how you get people to join the business, why do they stay at the business, do they go out and promote the business? And these are the three questions you would ask in relation to your staff and you really need to know. Is this something that, just say I've got a team of six, yep. seven, should I just be able to instinctively know this or do you think that this is something I should be having conversation with my staff about regularly? I think with a team of six or seven, you should have arm's reach to be able to know that team bottom to top. And the truth of the matter is if you don't know your team of six or seven, what motivates every one of them, why they work there, what their ambitions are, and are providing them opportunities to advance within the business, you've got a problem. <clears throat> that said, it's pointless guessing, and it's absolutely the right move to ask them to actually sit down with them and say, you know, you joined the business two years ago, are you still here? Why are you still here? Are you enjoying it? What's your pathway? What, what do you enjoy about it? Is there anything we can change? I suppose you need to know with those that when you're asking the questions about what what elements are going to spark the, the positive, proud barbecue story. Mm, mm. For some, you know, it's going to be money. Not that they're going to raise it at the barbecue, but some it's going to be money. Yeah. Some it's going to be projects. Some opportunities. Other things are those nice little um you know, taco Tuesdays and, yep. and, you know, boot camp Fridays or whatever. So I suppose, you know, you've got to talk to your staff to understand each individual's drivers, right? And, and I suppose, and not every business can afford to just be putting all their stuff on big money. You've got to be quite creative. This is the, this is the point. So there's, there's two sides to it. You can be the highest payer with the best projects, with the best clients and have the best events. and You're still going to have some disengaged staff if they're not feeling like they're part of something. You can't go chasing people around with a blank check and hoping that that's going to make them happy. I think you need to ask them, you need to engage with them. The second part is there are limitations on what a company can do for its staff and there's always going to be people on the outside who feel like they're being left out. You can't, if you're running a 300 person, 400 person business, you can't go and chase every single person and say, oh, what would you like as part of your employment? But you do need to know that's why you've got good leaders and you put your leaders need to know that within their teams what motivates their people. Yeah? Yeah. When you're talking about employers that are big bureaucratic employers, it can be very difficult to move some of those levers. But if you're a privately owned business, you've got a lot more flexibility as to what you can do to engage your staff and it is not necessarily about money. Well, that's right. I mean, you know, if you empower your leaders to have a little bit in the budget, whether it's time or money, yep. you know, they can work out. Oh, my team really likes doing physical sports together. Yep. So we're going to pay for a sports team and yep. go and play netball on Thursdays. Or I've got a team that's really interested in social matters. So we're going to spend one day a month out of the business yep. volunteering. And I suppose that rather than trying to cater at the top level for three or 400 employees, mm -hmm. maybe companies can look to empowering their leaders so that they can tailor to their specific little teams yep. um, in a more focused approach. Because yeah, you know, if you think about bumping up salaries across three or 400 people, well, there goes your profit margin pretty quick. Well, that's it, and but you can't some, chase that down. And there's some really, really inexpensive ways to get people excited about their jobs. Non-financial benefits and bonuses and, and, th and uh, activities are used by many companies very well, but by many other companies are a massive missed opportunity. So for instance, if you're in a business that's in a sales environment and people are meeting their targets, there's a whole bunch of non-financial benefits. You can half day Fridays, once a month, something as simple as that. Some people love a barbecue, but if you've got a bunch of 
uh, in the demographic where they've got young children, for argument's sake, not everyone has the opportunity to be there at four o'clock on a Friday to stay for three or four hours and have barbecues. You know, they've got other commitments. So balancing those opportunities for your demographics, not necessarily taking it and forcing it on them, but giving them the options to be able to say, here are the four or five things our business offers as non-financial benefits. But so when you take all that to one side, the second part is, and I think as, it, as or more important, is that they're a part of something. They're a part of developing. Everyone's got to work. Everyone's got to work somewhere. So you want them to be, when they go to their barbecue, their barbecue story, to be able to tell the people that they're talking to, and they're maybe they're not wearing the company logo and hat and scarf, but they're telling them, you know what, I work at ABC Company, and it's actually a really good, really good firm. It's good for me, and it's a good business, and it's flexible. There's some things I change, but you know what? We do a lot of great stuff for not-for-profits. We do a lot of great stuff here and there that has a social impact, because that is becoming a stronger and stronger driver for people in their employment. And I suppose it sounds like as well, you know, if you use the widget example, if you've got um, the guy on the on the process line packing the widgets or whatever, and he doesn't know about this big client that's built, using those widgets to build something really, really cool, yes. and all he knows every day is that he's packing boxes, you're missing this great opportunity for him to know, well, I'm packing this box, and next time I drive past, I don't know, use the MCG as an example, mm. that those widgets I packed and ended up on that new wing on that building. You know, that's really exciting. It costs you I nothing. I basically built the MCG, <laughs> is what he's saying. It, it cost you nothing, you know. And, and so um, even just making sure that your client, uh, sorry, your, your staff actually know what impact they're having and what contribution they're making to the business's broader picture gives you a really easy barbecue story because 100%. I'm that guy, I don't want to say I'm just packing box widgets in a box. That's pretty boring, but it's exciting to say those widgets ended up somewhere cool. I totally agree. And you can take the kids and the grandkids years later and say that I built the MCG. That's what <laughs> I do anyway. All right. So that's our little uh, tea break podcast or coffee break podcast or however you take your breaks. Uh, hopefully it's been a little bit informative. We'll be doing a few more of these. Thank you, Laura, for asking me a wonderful question today. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> and uh, check us out at allfounders.co. There's a whole bunch of stuff there. You can see what we're all about.